Hey, you found the Rebirth Podcast. I'm Kate Breton, your host. This podcast became a book and you can find it on Amazon as well as wherever your favorite local bookstore is so you can bring the inspiration into your own community. Thank you for finding us. If you're new here, this is season seven. We're going to be focusing on education and elevation. And if you've been here for a while, thank you. This community is uplifting and helps spread the word that, that the life that we want is possible. Our first guest for season seven is the perfect, the perfect spark to making what we envision come into our life. Celiarius is a growth and um, strategies coach for business. She has a unique skill set that for, personally, I think that she is dynamic and grounded. Like I always feel like I could ask her anything. I won't be judged. I, you know, I could ask a silly question. I can meet her in the esoteric and she can look at me and say, you know, you're not running your numbers all in a 15 minute um, expanse. And you'll get that in this episode, we drop right into the conversation and I share that, you know, I felt em- emboldened to ask Sally all kinds of questions because I know her, her soulful grounding that she believes that we're all here for a purpose. And I got to learn how she sees numbers. And if you are a person that's afraid of numbers, Sally is going to rewrite that story for you. She's going to rewrite that story in this next episode. So stick around. What you want to do if you're curious is you want to head on over to her website, which is her name. And I'll put that in our show notes. Scoot on down to her at the end of the website. She asks one really succinct question for all of our entrepreneurs and business owners. Is your business scalable? And there's a little button that says, take the quiz and find out. It's worth the five minutes if you are curious about what she's doing. And if you want to work with her, you can, she says at the end of the episode, you can DM her to be on her Tipsy Tuesday where she does um, lives on Instagram where people can problem solve their businesses, you know, for everyone to benefit. You can also schedule a time to work with her if you're interested in going into her group coursework. But the first place to really start, aside from her Instagram and this podcast, staying here for that, is to take the quiz. Ask the questions. Let her lead you through looking at your business and looking at your purpose and looking at your numbers in a different way. I am so glad you found your way here to the Rebirth Podcast. Enjoy the upcoming episode. I think you know yourself. You're like, oh yeah, Sally does these things and she's really intelligent. And then I went on and saw that you were like uplifting people in ways I had no idea. And so I'm so glad to have you on here because I know that you're a tremendous person and an incredible businesswoman. But I think what's really unique in what you're offering is that you're braiding both your values and your integrity in your business in a way that can really help people. So I'm really glad to have you here on Rebirth. Oh, thank you. I love I love the way you use words and the way you say things because you always say things in a way where I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Right? <laughs> So tell us if someone was like, okay, she sounds great, but I don't know who Sally is. Um, so what do you do? Like if someone said, what, how do you spend your time when you spend your time with your clients? What do you do? <laughs> um, what I like to say now, which is how do you synthesize when you've done a lot of things in business and you've brought them all together. Right. So what I like to say is I'm a business growth expert mm-hmm. and by way of focusing on strategy, operations and spirituality. That's the shortest three categories again for me, please. Strategy, Mm -hmm. 
operations mm-hmm. and spirituality. So for the listeners, only the last category is the one that I was like, wait, she's speaking my language. And I, I like <laughs> subversively scheduled like this little session with Sally. I'm like, Sally, how are you doing this? Like, how are you? And this is about me, not about you. This is for listener. I was fascinated that you were not simply using a lot of adjectives and a lot of bright colors to convince me that I could change my business. And I think that for someone that's a service-based person, that to hear that spirituality is not divorced from strategy and operations, I could literally, I knew it was true. And I could feel intrigued that my wiring uh, had not experienced the collab. Like I knew it in my heart, it's true, but I didn't have anyone that told me in a concrete skills, tangible business way that that was true. And I would love for you to talk more about that because I, I think that's the essence of where we're headed. You know, like everyone should be making the money, but you don't have to be squashing people while you're doing it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm so glad this is my favorite subject. So yay. Yeah. I think people are like, what? You just said like systems <laughs> and spirituality in the same sentence. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, this is literally my world. This is where I, this is where I play and where I thrive because I think we don't realize there's so many ways we can unpack this. Um, but let's talk about spirituality and the way we learn and the way we grow and the way we transcend, Mm -hmm. right? We use systems to do so. So, I mean, if you've, you know, I've studied theology and I've been studying world religions since I was like 12, thanks to a confirmation teacher I had in Catholic school who was like, if you're going to, yeah, it was beautiful. I was like, I wish I remembered this man's name because I owe him so much because he was like, hey, 12-year-olds, if you're going to get confirmed, I think that you should have an awareness of all the religions of the world. So instead of spending a year studying what you'd normally study at that age, he brought in a Buddhist speaker, a Hindu, um, a Muslim. Like I got really into Rumi at the age of like 13 because of him. Yeah. Right? And... um. So without getting into a religious debate, let let me just say this. So that, so really when you're starting to individuate, you were already fascinated by, I'll say religious structure. Is that fair? Because if we're going to be talking about systems and strategy, you were already fascinated about how humans understood or made meaning. Is that what you're sort of? Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay. Fun, Fun fact, right? Like one of the first things that God teaches Adam to do in the Bible is what? I don't know. Don't eat the apple name things oh i love where this is going he actually gives him the job of naming everything right like one of the first like (laughs) right we're like oh wait oh wait systems are everywhere (laughs) i have never i am i am blown away in this moment i'll be honest with you Yeah. So what I love, I mean, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God and the universe and she and whatever word you want to put on it. But what I love about religions is that 
they all have their rituals and their steps to transcendence and transformation. Well said. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And rituals are a system. I totally, and necessary for the human spirit in business, in personal reflection, in uh, markings of system, like um, phases. It's really helpful for your consciousness. Okay. So I'm tracking you. I see how yeah. you do things. Okay. So I think what happened in my journey in my life was there was this part of me that loved spirituality and loved religion and was constantly learning different practices and training in them and like um, for real training like for the audience right like for real it- yeah, yeah yeah for real training like when I was very young I was training to be a jiva mukti yoga teacher which has its own you know, spiritual teachings. Um, I went to seminary later in life. Really, like when I was younger, I thought I would was going to be a nun. Fun fact, really did. Um, I really loved church. I loved going into any church. I still love going into any church. Um, I went to seminary later. And then there was this other part of me, this mm-hmm. other brain, or so I thought, that loved organization and creating structure and creating ease for people and creating processes and systems that make things easy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like, if I, if I insert myself a little into your story, can you, like, when you didn't continue with seminary or, or in that moment, like what was some of your business backgrounds so that when people, when you say you you're organizing systems, can you give us a peek into like what that, what the platform was like? What you're- Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So I studied dance in, in college and was always the dancer and I have danced professionally, but I was always that dancer in the group that actually helped the company do admin work. I was always that person who could dance and then who could also turn on the left brain and Mm -hmm. put an Excel sheet together or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I started my first business when I was 24 and I ran a business, I ran a global fashion, it turned into global. I ran a global fashion line for eight years. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, the create, my creative brain saw a need in a particular niche market uh-huh. and my business structured brain literally immediately went, I could do that. I can build that. I can create the fashion line that answers this need and I can build the business. And so I, I- gift that both sides are talking to each other. Yes. And I didn't. And so here's what's interesting is my whole life. I thought it was a battle Uh until to use your word. I was like, oh, they can be braided. That's really fascinating. And part of why I thought it was a battle is because we live in a world where we're constantly being told by our parents and school and society that you're either creative or you're a numbers person. Yeah, pick a lane. You can't pick, you can't a, pick a lane. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I was told my whole life, like, Sally, just pick one thing, pick a lane. Mm. And a lot of times being told, you're so smart, pick this lane over here, pick the business. <laughs> That's the next thing to avoid, right? The prescriptive lane choosing. Got it. Right. Because you're so smart, right? You should be over here in business and climb so that's the interesting. Line. So if I'm hearing you correctly, because one of the things that I feel that you're doing for a a wide range of entrepreneurs is like pick a lane. If you're smart, make money over here. And you're kind of saying, pick your lane and we can make money anywhere. Is that also where we're <laughs> That's literally what I say. People are like, just give me the formula. When people come to me and are like, my old coach just literally gave me something to copy and paste. Give me the copy and paste. And I'm like, sure. no, 
Kelly doesn't do that. No, no, for sure. No, because that's the fastest route to burnout and well, exhaustion and heartbreak because you're building somebody else's business and I'm not interested in that. But let's build your business and let's make you the money that you want and are worthy of doing the thing that you love in your way. Hmm. Okay, wait, I want them to know, I want the audience to know. So not only did you do the fashion line, but then you also worked in a company of, right, didn't you? Yes, so I I did a fashion line for about eight years and throughout my twenties worked seven days a week throughout my entire twenties pretty much and was exhausted by the time I was 31 or 32. Um, and so I thought, oh, I clearly don't know enough about business, I must need. Now, I, now I'm probably ready to get an MBA because I don't know enough. Got it. Okay. So I came, this was in South America. I was in Argentina when I had my first business and I moved back to the States to get an MBA. Um, and in that journey, I sold off my inventory and sold off my business and worked at a startup. So I worked at a startup for a little bit as a marketing director and was asked to build SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. So I learned, like, I was like, yeah, duh, I can do that. So I started doing operations for this company and learning that, oh, my brain likes doing this kind of stuff. And then that company, it was a manufacturing company and they closed. And so then I got a corporate sales and partnership job for a luxury brand, a luxury brand. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten to be the founder of a startup, work in a startup and work in luxury corporate. I mean, you're being groomed by the universe to understand systems. I mean, I, I say that in a loving way. Like I believe life does that if you if you allow it. You might not see it in the moment, but when you look back, I mean, groomed, maybe curate is a is a kinder word, right? Like they're like, okay, since you're listening, we're going to move you here, 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 and here. And then you look yeah. back and you start to see it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I'm, I'm actually like, yeah, I was being groomed by the universe. <laughs> I'm going to think about it like that from now on. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, because I think at the time people are like, what are you doing? Sure. It's very hard to be your own self in this current world because they really want the copy and the paste and like you yeah. have your time to be like divergent and we really need you to be predictable now. Right. Yeah. And so everyone's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um. So in corporate, I had, I was very good at what I did, but I kind of, again, did it in the non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. Um. And in a meeting with my boss, there was a, I was expressing something. I wish I could remember what I was talking about, but I was complaining about the internal sales system and CRM to support our work and to support our efforts. And I was expressing this. And in this meeting in front of a lot of people, he basically yelled at me and said, Sally, stop trying to fix the system and just do your job. And I think that he was trying to, you know, scare me into submission, but my nerdy, you know, engineer brain went, hmm, fix the system. Is that a thing? Like, are there people who fix systems? Because that sounds like so much fun. Fabulous. <laughs> so, yeah. root story in that moment, I was like, I'm not offended, but what is, <laughs> what is a system? I need to research. Like, are there people that fix? So I went home that day after work and literally started researching who are the people in the world that fix systems? Like, oh, what is that? I, I want that job. 
Because to me, it was so obvious. If you have this very small team trying to sell a very difficult product that's very expensive and you need them to be focused on relationship building, because, hey, by the way, guys, sales is all about relationship. So um, you need them to be focused on the other person, the person's needs, being able to deliver on the other person's needs and pain points. Like it was all relationship building sales. It was very complex deals that we were closing. And those deals took a very long time to close. So it was a very frustrating, very stressful job. The last thing I needed to be worried about is spending then hours inputting data into the CRM because it was so outdated and it was a dinosaur. Understood. And in my brain, I was like, duh. Like my assistant was like, can we just fix this? Can we just like talk to the IT team and like spend a like maybe a week, right? Like recode it in a way that's going to make the system support our efforts. And everyone was just like, what are you smoking? Like so fascinating. Go back to the field. And so I was like, I'm clearly talking to the wrong people. Like I'm in the wrong place. Right. I was just like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Because yeah. Like they couldn't hear you. They couldn't, they couldn't hear it. it. Obvious what it would fix. Right. So then I went on this journey of what is a systems fixer? Who is that? Who are they in the world? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I found this word operations. And then I found. I just love, I have to say that you're decoding terms that I think scare away service oriented business people like operations and systems can seem something that is very cold. And so to hear someone that understands that you're actually being uplifting, and I know that's like a trite word, but you were uplifting the sales team. I mean, your goal was to make the revenue easier for everyone. So it's not woo-woo, even if the concept is, right? You're understanding that operations can include the human, which I think a lot of people don't understand. I think it's like they, they bend the human towards the operations as opposed to making a synergistic system. Am I hearing this correctly? Am I? No, you're, that's a hundred percent. Right. And that is a hundred percent what I do. Can I hire you to talk about <laughs> what I do? I love, I listen to people. That's what I do. Is I, I do have things. a new job for you, <laughs> <laughs> but, and that is absolutely right. I think we think of systems in a certain way. And in my brain, it's like, no, 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 no. The system is just the vehicle mm-hmm. that this is what I always say. The system is the vehicle that sets you free. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So now let's go back to old systems, mm-hmm. rituals. Is it about the ritual in itself or right. is it about the transcendence? That's right. Right? Right. Absolutely. Artists kind of get this, but they don't think about it. When you are, or a sport, when you're learning a sport, is it about the drill? Right. Like soc- soccer. You, I know that you watch soccer a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Is it about the drills or is it about getting out there on that field and looking like a ballerina? That's exactly it. People and don't understand that. Dancing through people. It's the freedom. Discipline gives you freedom when employed correctly. Yeah. And so systems give you freedom. I can hear and that. Mm-hmm. We get really stuck in thinking that it's about the system. And people think that I'm like a systems girl. I'm like, no, I'm a freedom girl. Oh, I love this. Like, no, I just... I want to build this is the minimum viable system that's right for you and right for your business to set you free. I would imagine then that would, that would ask the entrepreneur, which this is necessary. This is not like a, you know, to be vulnerable about the truth, because once you unearth if your system is working correctly or not, then you start to see the gaps of like, you know, what you've invested in, or like, I had a friend that, that, um, 
I have a very simple online course. I love her. Like she works for me. Like I could, I had a great person to help me with it a little bit to understand that like, I don't need a whole bunch of bells and whistles for what it was doing, right? It was more important for the content. And so I made a mention to a friend and they showed me the behind the scenes of their online course. This is relating directly to you. Nobody else would be able to update it. And between what I've heard you talk about and the online course, I was like, you have to fix this. He's like, I can't. I'm like, no, you're not going to grow. I'm shocked that I'm the person and you and the wit and wire, I'll just say who it is. Oh, she's really great with like podcasts and stuff have helped in a similar way. This is what I want people to hear is that there are people that can help you in business that are educators. And I would put you in, that's a term I love because I've been an educator. So if I feel like you're trying to help me, I put you in the category more of an educator Oh, even yeah. a business person, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. educating me. So you're up, you're, you're bringing me along and empowering me to, in some ways, not need you. And then I'll cycle back when I've mastered that level. to well, come. That's, that's what I tell all my clients is my goal here is to get you to begin to think about your business as the strategist, as the head strategist. Right. So that you no longer need me. That's success. And then you you take another bump and then you're like, oh, I don't know how to get to the next bump. So let me, hey, you know, Sal, can we do another phase so I can go from B to C? Like that makes total sense to me. That's that's what I do in this world, I think. Um, And absolutely, I think that your example is relevant. And I have clients that I help that do this all the time. Well, I took this course and I worked with this coach and I did this online thing and I bought these templates and I, so I'm using all these things in the back end and I'm, and I'm supposed to use all these things in the back end. So I always say, what's actually the problem that we're trying to solve? There we go. Number one. And in terms of data, when it's about data and what we're looking at in terms of metrics and what are we measuring and what's the question we're trying to answer? Do you think, and I would put, you can use me as an example, because I would say for me, if you ask me that question in a lot of ways, I would not have an answer. Do you think a lot of people have the answers to those questions? No, I help them realize, right? Oh, part of my work is I help them realize, oh, I'm throwing all this stuff at my business because I haven't taken the time to go, what's the problem I'm actually trying to solve here? Or I'm looking at dashboards of Google Analytics and I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what I'm looking at or even my Instagram analytics. And I don't know what I'm looking at because I haven't bothered to go, well, what's the question I'm trying to answer? I would say some of us don't even know to ask that question. We're just like, I have, to keep, I have to keep up with the things. Like I have something I've- If listened- everyone knew to a- ask that question, I would be out of a job. <laughs> so can you- you have a quiz, don't you? Don't you have something? Someone is listening to this and they've hit the point of like, oh, I don't know that. We don't want their, we don't want you to go, oh, and retract and pull back, right? So isn't the quiz that you created somehow helping me understand an entry point? Is that? Yeah, I- absolutely. So I created um, the scalable business quiz. It's just to understand. I created a, a framework of 10 pillars because it gives you, you get a grade that ends up being a hundred because we all understand that system, right? Right. We understand what's my score out of a hundred. Right. So um, I created a framework and the quiz gives you a taste of that framework and gives you a sense of where you are in each pillar Mm -hmm. of business. Because a lot of times, as you said, we're keeping up with the times and we're (laughs) keeping up with all the things we're being told, Mm -hmm. but we might be focusing 
on certain areas and not focusing on the area in our business that we need to focus on that's actually going to move the needle. So you say sometimes people might think they're ready for you, but they're not. And how do you know that? Like, how are you aligned? Like, why have you told people that? Like, if they're not sure yet. So if they take the quit, I've heard you say, and I think this actually helped me trust you more, which is why I'm asking the question. Yeah, yeah. Orient where it's coming from. Um, I see you put out a lot of great content. So if people are interested, I know like you talk on Instagram, like they should follow you. I'll put in the, you know, the things, but what's your Instagram? You can just say it now. It's I am Don Celia, which is D-O-N-C-E-L-I-A. So <laughs> um, you talk, like people can submit questions on Tuesdays. You have tipsy, Tuesday, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're accessible. So I want to make clear that like when I, when, I read your content or I've seen your presentations. You're very accessible, but I've also heard you say you might not be ready to work with me yet. So can you tell me how you're accessible, but then also really clear that somebody like, can you talk to me about that in a way that I felt was rather enlightening for someone who is looking to work with you? Yeah. Well, I think uh, I work with people who basically have product market fit in their product. What does that mean? So what that means is that you've created a product and you've sold it to more than just your friends or family. Yeah, that's valid. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that you are actually getting people results with your product. Mm -hmm. It could be a physical product. It can be a digital product. It could be a course, whatever that is. And that you've, you're creating traction in a market, Right. So it's not that I don't work with people who who are, so basically you have a business, you're selling it, you have revenue, and now you're coming up against your own limitations and the things you don't know that you don't know about business. Which is a different place to be. And that's what my sweet spot. And so typically I say, I, you know, I help six figure earners get to seven figures. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I do. Do I work with people in the earlier stages? Absolutely. If they have the money to invest in me, I'm actually now making a few digital products for that earlier stage because I always feel bad that some people I've, I've been asked to build some things out for that group. Mm-hmm. But what I do say, and I think it's important to say this because so many people get frustrated when you are in the proof of concept stage, product market fit stage, where you are proving that your product gets a certain demographic, a result that they desired. These are all keywords. You're getting a certain person, a result that they desired, mm-hmm. okay? That stage can take two to three years. It doesn't take six months like they say on Instagram. It does not take six months like they say on Instagram. So I also say this, um, I, I'm very honest about, be careful who you pay to coach you. Be careful what they're promising and what they're saying because it does take some time to get your proof of concept down. And that is a beautiful journey. And a necessary one. And so a necessary not, one. Not dumping all these resources into an area that's not viable. You, you might just have to pivot a little bit. Am I right? You have to pivot and test and iterate and, and pivot and test and iterate until you're like, ah, I've put my genius into this product and it gets people a result and people are giving me referrals and testimonials. I'm on to something. Okay, cool. 
Now let's go build that. Um, so the reason I don't work with people in that stage is because it takes a long time, people often get frustrated. And then they get frustrated with their coach, right? Because you didn't grow me fast enough. You didn't, you, and I think probably a lot of these online business coaches that are saying, oh, we just do one exercise and then you have your product and you're good to go. They are probably on the back end getting a lot of pushback from clients that are not having those results. So the truth is proof of concept takes some time and most people get frustrated in that process. And I like to work with people who are ready to scale something and build an actual business mm -hmm. that's for their life, that's feeding into their life and supporting them and supporting their bigger vision of who they are and the life they want to live. So there's nothing wrong with the proof of concept stage. I love that stage. It's really fun. There's a very, there is a way to do it and it takes patience and, and resilience. I think that's important because a lot of times people want to talk about the higher, like the higher um, the destination aspect of it, but they like brush over. And so then everyone was just like, well, I want that. So I'm just going to jump. And they're like, well, why am I not landing? You know? And to give that other with the wit and wire person, I, I give her a lot of credit because I mean, I don't know. And this isn't pre, I know you don't know her. So it was not fair, but I would see her being your proof of con. Like she broke down for us. Like if you have an idea, like fail fast. It's kind of like that. I think people need to return to the idea of do something really simple, validate it in the market. You're better off because people want to spend like 20 hours in Canva and make something really beautiful, but then they don't spend any time on curriculum or product or the service. It's all on. So I wanted to ask yeah. you that because I, I, I want people to see you as a resource and understand where to build and scale up to you, you know, and, uh, and then if you're creating other products and they want to go on to um, Tipsy Tuesday, I think there's ways to push yourself. If you're not there yet, you put yourself in conversations. You don't have to be in a coaching program. You can be on podcasts and conversations and start hearing what are the things that I want to be, the questions I want to be answering later, you know, and start getting your growth up to that place. I think it's helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I had, I was talking to somebody recently who wants to come on tipsy Tuesdays. I was like, can, she was asking me in private for advice. And I was like, will you please come on tipsy Tuesdays and do this publicly for people because people need to hear it. But as she was talking about her frustration of this new business, new coaching business that she's building, she started crying and she said, I'm so sorry for the tears. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. This is what every single entrepreneur goes through. It is a journey. And that stage that you're in of just figuring out your offer and how to speak to it so that people understand it and that people understand you're the solution to their problem mm -hmm. and finding the words and finding, finding where you sell and where you speak to and who you speak to, like that is a journey and tears are allowed. And that is just a part of is that how the spirituality comes into your systems and operations? Absolutely. So I think in my personal experience, entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey. And, well, and I agree with you, but why would you say that? The reason I think that is because at every stage of your business, you're going to be confronted with yourself. And that's why I love this. She was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the tears. I'm so sorry that I'm crying. First of all, all my clients cry at some point. So it's all good. Tears are totally welcome here. Uh, just 
normal. And it just means that you are human and it means that you are on this journey. Congratulations. All of you is there because it, it it's actually a holistic system. If you're, if you're allowed to emote, you know, and it clears the pathway for making the strategic decisions. That's so, yeah. And at every stage that you encounter in your business, you will encounter a new facet of yourself right? That early stage, the reason people get so frustrated is because most often what they're encountering and they're building up resilience around is rejection. Hmm. Right. Cause when you're testing something and it doesn't land and it doesn't fly or it doesn't like all these people on social media being like my first launch made me 200 K and you're like, well, shit, <laughs> I didn't do that in my first launch. So therefore I suck. Right. That's the journey. That's the journey you're on. You get to, and if you pass, oh, it doesn't mean I suck. I'm actually just iterating and testing and finding my feet and just starting on this journey into the desert. I just took off my sandals to step into the desert. That's right. where you at. If you realize that's where you're at and you keep going every step, you're going to encounter a new piece of yourself. Very well the said. money thing, right? Self-worth. What does money mean to me? What does money mean in the universe? Do I believe I deserve it? Um, so every stage of the journey, you're encountering pieces of yourself that come up. The more you know that and realize that and and take your business on that way, you'll actually have an easier journey. The people who have a really frustrating journey is where they're like, I want to stay the same, but I want my business to grow. Uh huh. I want to stay the same. I want to have all my shit. I want to have all my baggage. I want to have my ego. I want to have my pride. I still want everybody to like me and I want to be a millionaire. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, we all do. <laughs> and this journey will strip you of it all. You had said something about having clients and if I have the numbers wrong, but I think I have the message, right. So just re, you know, retweak the wording from wrong, but you had said, you know, Kate, like I, I have clients that make 2 million a year. They're living paycheck to paycheck and I, or some iteration of that. Right. Yeah. And I was shocked. And can you speak to what, if you remember what you said to me, like a little bit about, it's about worth. Can you, can you address that a little bit? Cause I thought that was super helpful because I think some people that are in the, the iteration phase think it's going to all go away. Like what you just said, I guess I'm asking you to rephrase what you just said. Do you know what I mean? Like once yeah. I have the money, it will go away. And by the way, if you think that, well, one money does make some problems go away. I'm not saying all, I'm not saying core essence, but I want to acknowledge that if you don't have constant stress of that tier, mm -hmm. fine but it is one of the easier tiers of what is masking other tiers that are like other things that are waiting to emerge. Right. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Can you speak so, a little bit to that, please? Well, that's actually a fun example because that's where the um, systems brain and the spiritual brain get to braid, like mm. and get to meet. Right. Because there's the systems aspect of that, which is, Hey, let's look at your numbers and let's look at your profitability. And you let's that particular client who you, I was referencing, um, has a 2.2 million revenue a year business. Let's look at the offers. She makes, um, bespoke offers, which means it's a lot of work to do a proposal and close the proposal and all that. And when we really broke down her offers, they weren't really profitable, which is what that means is 
the amount of money she makes at the end of the day after paying her team and paying expenses and paying what she actually makes, what her business makes is very little. So she was running a business that forces her to work really hard. And I, and I say this, you didn't start a business. You just gave yourself a nine to nine job because when when you're working really hard in order to make that money, but there isn't enough profit coming into the business for it to grow and expand, you the business that you've built requires of you to work. And anybody who's a business owner knows they don't work nine to five, they work nine to nine. Right. Right. Or in my case, I work seven to nine sometimes, <laughs> or I've been there, I've done that in my past, right? So, um, so there's the systems part. So, right? On the piece of paper, we have the systems part. It's a profitability issue. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the spiritual part of why have we built a business that has a profitability issue? And mm -hmm. then it comes down. So then we get to talk about that. Oh, I have a belief that I have to work really, really hard to make money. Right. Cool. Right. I have a belief that having money and having excess makes me a bad person. Because profitability would look like money in the bank to actually grow and to grow the business and to have a little bit of ease. Mm -hmm. I have a belief that it can't be easy. I have a belief that it has to be hard. Yeah. Right. So then the spirit. So so that's where like my two favorite things in the world marry every day, because everything that you're doing in a systems or operations level, how you're operating in your business, we can fix on an operational level. But by golly. If we don't look at the internal system, your internal system, I call it the system of you mm. and why the system of you allowed yourself to kind of just build a business and not look at the profitability, then it's almost like it comes back to spirituality. You can change your clothing and put on a great outfit, but if you haven't healed the inner child and you know your inner world you're just wearing a new outfit and it's, so it doesn't change the frequency of what you're living you can look externally exquisite and be miserable yeah. it doesn't have Absolutely. to be that strong but when you said you had a client that you know on the outside if you're pulling in 2.2 million dollars and then i hear that's even more confusing to the person because you're like look at on paper i should be fine where is the problem i would imagine and that was exactly kind of her and here's the fun part Here's the kicker. She was like, my previous business coach didn't seem to find any problems because I'm at this revenue. And I was like, okay, well, your previous business coach didn't bother to do a breakdown and see if your business is profitable. And that's the beauty of the systems that you're talking about, because we have, yeah. it goes into our assumptions, which I can now hear from where we started the call about how those would braid together because you're, you're untangling where the emotionality and the subconscious, I mean, the subconscious is always where it's at. You know, if whoever comes on this podcast, we always get to the subconscious because yeah. if you're looking to have a new iteration of yourself, which is the nature of being human, the subconscious has to come along or else it's really not a new iteration. Like you said, you're changing your outfit, but nothing has actually changed. Similarly, you can go someplace and see somebody that's just wearing regular shorts and whatever, and you can't figure, you would never know they were a millionaire, but their essence is emanating. I'm cool. Like, I don't need to change the external to emanate because I'm moving. And I think what I'm hearing from you, it's asking, 
back to the place where you're saying, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Those are actually the internal questions. So now I can hear how you're using business strategy and analysis, one, to in a skills product-based way, actually help your business. Hello, we're not just talking about this and not- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so fun because really what I do, what I really do at a core level is I just use operations and systems to get to your subconscious. There you have it. That's what I'm really doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I had a client who's a really, really big, beautiful, amazing, gorgeous confidence coach. She's an influencer. She has 130,000 followers right now on Instagram. And she kept doing all these things and adding all these extra bells and whistles to her processes and her systems and her sales system, the whole thing. And I was like, why are you doing these things I didn't tell you to do? Oh, because this other coach, I have the, I have the training from this other coach before, and I, I have to build that funnel and I have to do that thing. And because, and I was like, okay, for the record, I just want you to know, I did not say to do that. Right. Like, because, but she needed to go through that. Mm-hmm. Right. She needed to do all that and then realize, oh, it's not working. Let me maybe listen to you and do what you've told me to do. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. And you're on board now. Cause you did all it's so like, imagine like doing all this, like efforting and it not working. But when we got down to it and mm-hmm. we were able to simplify it mm-hmm. and start making money, I was like, can we talk about why you felt the need to do all that? Let's Let's have a real heart to heart. And here's what's really interesting though. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, because if I'm not busy all the time and working all the time, I would have to face my loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, amazing, cool. So can we address your loneliness without having to work like a maniac? wouldn't that be a lot easier? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Right now Mm -hmm. she works two days a week now. Right. And it's true freedom because it's not just her work schedule. And this was only a few months because the moment we were able to go, Hey, 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 why do you feel like you need to do all this? Mm -hmm. And she was able to get real. She was like, Oh shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, like it was like, oh, so I was like, how about we just try this super simple system? Let's remove all the noise. Let's just get rid of all that. Let's see if who you are and the product that you sell and the people that you serve, let's see if it actually sells and makes money. She's making a lot of money right now, by the way, without funnels, without sales pages, without all that stuff. She turned all that stuff off and she's working two days a week because she realized she was trying to fill a gap, like cover up something. And we actually are doing that. Our relationship to money, we're doing that in the weird way it shows up. So this, so I just, I love using the system of like, oh, let's clean up that system. Let's simplify it. Let's see what's underneath there for you. So for the listener now that is like their mind has been blown because they can see where we started, where you said, you know, what was the first thing we were asked to do in the Bible reference was to name things, right? And so now you you helped your client name the thing that was actually capturing her, right? It wasn't the sales funnels. It was the loneliness. What would be um, like a small, like tapas meal size resource, like a book? Like who do you, what's an author that you enjoy that you could recommend to somebody that doesn't have to be a direct correlation because I actually believe sometimes if you're just 
I, I, call, I say writers need a high inspiration diet. Like it doesn't have to be a, a business book, but just something that they can, until your book is written and that they can imbibe <laughs> in this moment for that. Because I think that's actually the thing that, that, that starts to magnetize, like what you intake, like listening to your concepts, maybe going on to tipsy Tuesday, maybe taking your quiz. If that feels like, I thought it was really educational and, and, um, yeah, just, just taking in this vibe of like less is actually more if you have the right focus and you have the right systems and you're including yourself. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. It's not just the business. And then I come along when I've worked hard enough to be deserving of it. Like I'm deserving now. And I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom with us. Yeah. Um. Let me look over at my, there's so many, so many good business books. I will. So what I'm going to do is tell you the books that most yeah lit up my brain there's yeah. this book called wired to create okay totally oh, not, not a business book <laughs> but there were things in there that my brain was like oh I totally get now I'm starting to understand why as a creative I was also a systems builder mm. and that book was really and I need to read it again um that book was just really fun for me to read. Um, a really great business book that I think people should read if they have a business is Profit First. Oh, I've heard a lot of good things about that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's something that um, we skip and even a lot of business coaches skip because they're trying to sell you their formula and they're trying to sell you the thing that's building their business. And no one is bothering to look at, are you building a business or are you giving yourself a job or do you have a ho hobby? right? Mm -hmm. um, so Profit First, I think is a good book that breaks. There's so many, he, I mean, um, that's written by Mike Michalowicz and he's written a lot of business books. Um, and the other one that I really like is, oh, what's it called? Leadership and Self-Deception. Ooh, that's a good one. Also about business and business leadership. And it's also kind of the importance of mindset and people's skills and soft skills to grow a business and how relevant they are. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Yeah. So very, each of those is very different lanes, but to me they're you know, they've been very rich on my journey. Well, that's what I want people to take from this is there's, there's, there's the big picture, but you can actually start the big picture with like a very small sip. Like you can, if you're inspired by this, then like make sure they follow you on Instagram for the next Tuesday and like pick up a book and you don't have to read it within five weeks. You can take six months if you need, but bring the commitment to that change and self in investigation. You can bring it in very easily, you know, until you're ready for the next, um, momentous set so yeah yeah and also you can dm me and come join me on tipsy tuesdays because the whole point of it is that people come and ask me their business question without me knowing what the question is oh and fun we, and we just riff in real time yeah and solve try to solve the problem right solve Love the real problem. thank you for taking time to be with us today i appreciate all that you're sharing with us yeah thank you that was so fun you, you let me talk about the two things, the two worlds that I love so much. So thank you. You're welcome. That's what we love to do here at Rebirth. 
We love to have people talk about what they love because it uplifts everyone. If you've enjoyed this episode or you found some value in it, do us a favor, hit subscribe, leave us a review or share on a social media channel because we need to be creating and choosing what we want to see more of. And be sure to check out Sally on one of her Tipsy Tuesdays on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you back here soon.